I'm John Carter in Moscow. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, reporting from India. In Colombia. I'm John Carter. Today, on the Carter Report, Pastor Carter brings us the triumph of Protestantism. We welcome you back to the second part of the program on the triumph of Protestantism. In the last portion of the presentation, I talked about the Dark Ages, how the church went down into the darkness of papal night. We spoke about all these strange, awful teachings from pagan Rome that invaded the church. Then, like the rising sun shedding its rays across a sullen and darkened landscape came uh, the Protestant Reformation. John Wycliffe, have you heard of him? In the 1300s, he was over there in England translating the Bible. All of these people were terribly persecuted and some of them were put to death because they actually read the Bible. In Bohemia or Czechoslovakia in the 1400s, there was a Roman Catholic priest by the name of Jan Hus preaching the Bible, a great preacher, a great man of God. They burned him at the stake, burned millions of people, mainly Roman Catholics, Jews, and then Protestants. Then there was Martin Luther, the German priest, um, stood before the Diet of Worms in 1521, said those famous words, unless I'm convinced by the plain words of the Bible or by reason, my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant. Here I stand. God help me. In Switzerland in the 1530s, there was John Calvin. And in Scotland in the 1560s, there was John Knox preaching the word of God. Now, these great preachers had all of this in common. They believed in the great solas. Now, if you forget everything else today, become intelligently informed on this great subject and understand and, and believe uh, the great solas. Sola Christus, Latin, only Christ. Sola Scriptura, only Scripture. Everything comes from the Bible. Sola Gratia, only grace. I can only be saved uh, by the grace of God. Sola Fide, only faith. Faith in Christ, my Savior and my great high priest. And the book of Romans became the powerhouse of the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther took as his great text, Romans 1, 16 and 17. I want you to notice it. Romans 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. God to salvation for everyone who believes, uh, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Martin Luther had a tremendous mind and as a Roman Catholic priest, he heard about the righteousness of God and Martin Luther said, I hate it. I hate it. 
His old priest who was hearing his sin said, why do you hate it? He says, because God is righteous, I am unrighteous. God is sinless, I'm a sinner, therefore God hates me. And if God hates me, then I hate God. The righteousness of God, I hate it. And then he came through his study to comprehend the truth that when the Bible talks about the righteousness of God, it doesn't mean to condemn us, but to save us. It is the righteousness that comes from Christ because of his death on the cross and which is given to us as a free gift. And that was the powerhouse of the Protestant Reformation. Come over now to Romans chapter 3 and verse 20 to 24. Uh, some would say this is the high watermark of Scripture. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. You can't be saved uh, by your good works. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, uh, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. To all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified, uh, declared righteous. Justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Listen, this became the heart and the soul of the Protestant Reformation. That I cannot earn my own righteousness. I cannot pay for my sins, but Christ on the cross has already paid for my sins. And therefore, if I believe in him, I am declared righteous. Look at this. I am declared righteous the moment I come to him in true faith. And, and if this is true, if this is true, I do not need an earthly priest. I do not need to go and confess my sins to a priest. I have Christ. Christ is my high priest. Christ paid for my sins with his own blood and therefore I am free. Now, The Economist magazine has told us a little bit about the Protestant Reformation, and uh, I, I was quite amazed to read this in this secular magazine. Early Christianity, this was the pristine gospel. And over here you've got the Eastern, Eastern Orthodox Church. That later on became the Russian Orthodox Church. But over here you've got a breakaway, the Roman Catholic Church. And then you've got the coming of the Protestant reformers. You can see it there. The Reformation, 1517, Martin Luther, John Calvin, the Anabaptists, the Anglicans in England preaching the word of God. And then you had the Presbyterians and the Mennonites. And then you come down a little bit further to the Baptists and the, and the Puritans the people who founded the United States of America and there would have been no America without the Protestant Reformation. Don't forget it. So it talks about the Puritans. And then you come down to the Quakers and the Congregationalists and the Amish. And then you come down to the Great Awakenings and you have the Southern Baptists. And then 
we're told by the economist, you've also got there as true Protestants, Seventh-day Adventists and the Methodists and the Salvation Army and uh, the Assemblies of God. And it talks about other churches that came from the Protestant Reformation. And these churches were raised up by God. And when they were raised up by God, they brought a positive message of hope and salvation to the world. The results of Protestantism. Now, I know this gets some people terribly mad, but you can argue with me, but you can't argue with the facts. These are just the facts. The Economist magazine is not a religious article. It's just telling you the facts. It's talking about economics. The results of Protestantism, freedom of conscience. I have a free conscience because I've confessed my sins to Jesus and Jesus has forgiven me. Freedom of conscience, prosperity in all things and the liberation of women. And that is why, ladies, if you want to go to a place where women are liberated, you better go to a place that has heard uh, the Protestant gospel. This is the truth. I'm going to read to you here from The Economist. Let me see what I can find for you. It says, Protestant toleration was good for business too. <laughs> goes on and says that the wealthiest countries in the world were the Protestant ones. <laughs> it's true. Like the United States, just, just go and look and see where the Protestant reformers unleashed their message upon the world. They're the best countries in the world. It's where women are liberated and it's where people are the happiest and the most prosperous. This is the truth. And it even draws a map of those countries. The places where Protestantism is most alive and seems politically most salient, where its churches continue to argue about who is right and what the Bible means, issuing statements and counter-statements just as Luther did. This is where it says it's retained its, its important status in the world. And then it says where overweening rulers clash with people demanding their rights to religious freedom, Luther's divisive dynamic spirit will remain an inspiration for a long time to come. And then it goes on to say this. Now listen to this, my American friends. <laughs> Communist China is an oppressive place, but that's where Protestantism thrives. We thrive when we are oppressed. And in Communist China, where people are being still beaten up for their faith, where the government is bulldozing our churches, Within the next three or four years, the Economist magazine says, we are going to have more than 160 million Protestants. 160 million. It says America no longer will be the biggest Protestant country. It'll be China, where people are, going, are still being oppressed. 
and where the Protestants grow. So God blesses the nation. It's a fact. You can argue with me. may not like what I'm saying. It's the truth. The best countries, the freest countries, the most prosperous countries. I've been around the world so many times. I've lost count. The cleanest countries, the safest countries, the healthiest countries are the countries that accepted the preaching of the Protestant reformers. That's the truth. That's the truth. And that's why so many people from other countries are, are just lining up to get into these countries where the gospel was preached. That's what's happening. Protestantism. 500 years ago, a Roman Catholic priest, not saying anything against Catholics, the heroes of this story, they're all Roman Catholics. Protestant reformers, Roman Catholics. 500 years ago, a Roman Catholic priest nailed his 95 theses to the door of a Roman Catholic church. He had some courage. He started a revolution that released a tidal wave of freedom, life, and prosperity around the world. And I have a question for you. And I've got a question for the television audience. Here it is. Are you a Protestant or are you a Roman Catholic? Now, I'm going to tell you how you can find out. Got a number of questions here. Number one, I believe in the final authority of Scripture, not a church committee and not the Pope. I believe in the final authority of Scripture, not a church committee or the Pope. If you say, no, I can't believe that, then you're a Catholic. But if you say, yes, you're a Protestant. You see? Now, question number two. You can see it on the screen. I believe all doctrine must be based on the Bible alone, not on other writings. If you say yes to that, I believe in the Bible alone, you're a Protestant. If you say no, you're a Catholic. Number three, I believe that religious hierarchies, this gets me into trouble in my own church. I believe that religious hierarchies are basically Roman Catholic in nature and often make mistakes. If you say, no, no, I can't believe that, then you're a Catholic. But if you say, yes, I believe that, then you're a Protestant. Number four, I believe I am saved only by Jesus, not good works done in me by the Holy Spirit. If you say yes, you're a Protestant. Number five, I believe I have direct access to God without a priest or a pastor. If you say, no, no, I, no, 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 I don't believe that, well, that's because you're a Catholic. But if you say, yes, I believe that, you're a Protestant. Number six, I believe I am saved and safe when I come to Christ in true faith. Saved, safe, justified, liberated, emancipated, on my way to glory, going direct to Amazon. See, don't have to go to the mall. Don't have to negotiate for bargains. If you say, I believe I'm saved and safe when I come to Christ in true faith, then you're a Protestant. Number seven, I believe the church cannot take my name out of the book of life. Oh, I know some Protestants who say, no, no, 
if I get this, this fellowship because I disagree with somebody, then I, I'm going to go to hell because the church can do that. That's nonsense. No, no, no. I believe the church cannot take my name out of the book of life. Yes, I'm a Protestant. Number eight, when my conscience conflicts with my church, including my own Protestant church, I must disobey the church and follow my conscience. I say, yes. You see, now I know lots of folks in my church, they say, no, no, no. I'm concerned about my job, so I've got to say no. I say, when my conscience conflicts with the church, I must disobey my church and follow my conscience. Yes, yes. <laughs> Number nine, I believe the real reason the church exists is not to sit around and waste time with heaps of committees because after people spend so much time in their committees, Nothing has been accomplished except that they feel good. They think they've done something. They have. They've wasted their own time in the Lord's time. When, listen, I believe the real reason the church exists is to preach the gospel of Christ. Yes, that's what a Protestant says. Number 10, I believe my first loyalty is to God, not the church organization. No, says the Catholic. The church organization first, it is divinely inspired. That's the teaching of the papacy. I believe my first loyalty is to God, not the church organization. Yes. Now, if you can say yes to all of those things, you're a Protestant and you're part of the Holy Spirit anointed movement of divine destiny. Protestantism is the original Christian religion, lost for more than a thousand years, but now restored. It is the wave of the future. It is marching on to glory. You see? Now you may know some poor little Protestant church in America or Australia that's dying. That's probably those people in that church are Catholic Protestants. They don't know what they believe. They've got no conviction. They've got no fire in their bellies. They're lazy. You see? But I want you to know that the true Protestant church is marching home to glory. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you a text. Revelation 7, 9, 10, and a bit more. Revelation 7, 9. After these things I looked, and behold... Uh, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God uh, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb, Christ. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, who are these arrayed in white robes? You see, they're justified. Who are they? Where do they come from? I said to him, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who came out of the great tribulation and washed their ro robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. They are true Protestants. You know why? Because they're washed in the blood of the lamb. They go directly to Christ for salvation. 
They have a personal experience with Christ. You see, Catholicism emphasizes the glory of the church and the infallibility of the pontiff. Protestantism emphasizes not the glory of the church, but the glory of the Christ. You see? And the fallibility of all earthly committees and earthly people. So don't you get it out of your heads if you want to be saved. Sola Christus, only Christ. Sola Scriptura, only Scripture. Sola Gratia, only grace. Can't you hear Luther? Sola Fide, only faith. We're not saved by faith and works. We are saved by a faith that works. You see? You get it? Mm Mm-hmm. So it's marching home to glory. Millions in the Roman Catholic countries of Latin America are leaving the Church of Rome and joining the Church of Jesus. In 1970, there were 23 million Protestants in Latin America. There are now, up to 2015, 121 million Protestants. Now, I have been to El Salvador, a Roman Catholic country full of crime, uh, full of drugs, full of violence, and full of darkness. But God is not dead in El Salvador. I want you to see the people who came to the meetings. We hired 765 buses to bring the people. Here they look at this stadium. It is the biggest stadium in Central America the biggest crowd in the history of the football stadium. And those folks are crazy for football. But I want to tell you there's something stronger than football. It is sola Christos, only Christ. Sola Scriptura, sola gratia, sola fide. This is what we preach there. And one day we saw 5,000, mainly Roman Catholics, baptized. The vice president of the nation said to me, This is what El Salvador needs, the Protestant gospel, because it liberates people, it lifts people up, it redeems people, you see. So I'm a Protestant. I guess you can work that out by now. I'm on the winning side. My beloved dad was a strong Roman Catholic. His father and mother were strong Roman Catholics. His mother came from Tipperary. And his father came from England, but he was a Catholic too. As a boy, my dear old dad, all he knew was the church, many beatings for his mistakes. He was an altar boy in the church. While I knew him growing up, I saw he had no peace, no joy. He knew the mass in Latin, but he never read the Bible. He didn't know what it was. He lived in fear of hell until he found the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. He started to read his Bible. He found hope and faith and joy and was baptized as a Protestant Adventist. He died with the certainty of the resurrection. He died believing in only Christ, only Scripture, only grace, only faith. I could have been a Catholic priest. 
But with the help of my mother, who was a strong Protestant, I found the true gospel. And today, I thank God that first and foremost, I am a Christian. That's my religion. And secondly, I thank God that I am a Protestant. And thirdly, thirdly, I am an Adventist. And in that order, and if you get it wrong, you won't be a Christian, you won't be a Protestant, you won't be anything. Except a very unhappy person. And today I'm going to do something as we wind up this program. I'm going to dedicate this program to my mum and my dad, to James and Jean Carter, this old man who died with his faith in Christ as a true Protestant, no longer fearing the flame. And I dedicate it to my mother. There she is with my two sisters, but there she was when she was 97 years of age, going strong, reading the Bible and giving me a hard time. <laughs> so I dedicate the program to them. My mother, a great Protestant, who understood the prophecies of the Bible, who taught me to love the Bible and to hate the Antichrist and to be true to the faith of my fathers. And so it is with joy today that I dedicate this program on Protestantism to my mother and to my father whom one day soon in glory I shall see again because Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. This is my 43rd visit. to preach the everlasting gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And they had smoke bombs and they had fire bombs and the Russian army had to take me to the meetings. I come here, my friend, because of the need. These were days of grace and glory and mighty power. For a donation of $100 or more, a signed copy of the John Carter biography can be yours by writing to us at the address on the screen or visit our website. The word began in a village. Churches and schools sprang up and multiplied reaching into the city. Great truths revealed to the people of Papua New Guinea, changing thousands of lives. 
our eyes are going to be opened to the discovery of amazing truths. The greatest truth in the Bible, it is the truth that God loves you. It has completely changed my life and I'm going to be baptized this Sabbath. Pastor Kata has put something in my heart that I will never forget. Thank you, Pastor Kata, for your program. It has changed my life completely. John Carter's Great Truths Revealed was recorded live from Papua New Guinea. Experience the miracles in this 21 DVD series for a gift of $150 US or $210 Australian. To order, visit our website or call. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.